0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If the prayer's wrong, we need to
1: change the prayer. It's not that God can't answer it, it's that God won't answer it, and God won't answer it because He knows the end from the beginning. One of the greatest encouragements to me in my prayer life is knowing this one truth. That God will always answer my prayers the exact same way I would answer my own prayers if I knew what he knew. The problem is I don't know what God knows.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor JD is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. There are times when your prayers are simply not being answered. It's hard to see past your need or desire. However, as Pastor J.D. will explain today, God is infinite, wise, and all-knowing. He sees past this moment that you are limited to and answers prayers according to His good plans for your ultimate good. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: If you pray about everything and thank Him for anything, you'll worry about nothing. What are you saying? Thanksgiving and prayer, is that important? Oh, you better believe it is. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Paul writing by the Spirit says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Thank God for anything and everything you can think of. Thank you God for a parking spot at Costco, the busiest Costco in the nation, probably the world. You want to know why? We're to be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. He says why. You ready for this? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Right here. 1 right here. Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It's God's will that you be joyful always, pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. All circumstances. Yeah, but certainly God doesn't expect me to thank Him for that. You can fill in the blank. I'll fill in my own blanks. I won't unload my problems and my circumstances on you. But yeah, that's what He's saying. How is that possible? And why is that so important? Oh, because of what it does for us, to us, in us. When you start thanking God for even the little things that we take for granted. I was thinking about this on the way here today. And just thanking God for this beautiful church building. I hope that we never lose that gratitude and take for granted what God has done for us as a church body. It's a miracle in every sense of the word. That's not hyperbole. I thank God for everything I can think of, because it changes me from the inside out, and it also changes my perspective on my situation. When I start thanking God in all circumstances, it gives me a much-needed perspective, especially when adversity strikes. Here's the third one, and it's a biggie. I want to spend a little bit of time on it. It's in verses 3 and 4. And it's that we may pray the right way, but for the wrong thing. This is really interesting because Paul, as he writes this, sits in a dungeon of a prison. He's incarcerated. And never imagine the prison of Paul's day like the prisons of our day. They were nothing like that. You were basically sent there and left there to die, which is why you would have to, as family, as friends, bring just basic provisions to that person that was imprisoned. Now, I have to be very open with you and honest with you and say to you that if I'm in prison and I'm asking you to pray for me, you know what I'm going to ask you to pray for me for? That I get out. Paul doesn't ask for that. I mean, if I'm Paul, and don't look at me all spiritual, because you would be asking for the same thing. Pray for me. I'm, I'm imprisoned unjustly. I am here unjustly. And by the way, I can't do anything from behind bars. Oh, yes, you can. Here's what I'm thinking. Paul knew something that every single one of us need to know when it comes to prayer. Sometimes we pray... Wrong, we pray wrong it's it's kind of like this i you'll forgive the the dramatization of this and the silliness with which I illustrate this, but i I think of in my own prayer life when I pray and i and I ask God, oh God, and I'm you know please do this. And it's almost like I can imagine God and the angels given charge concerning me when they hear me pray for that, go, "Mm -mm. you don't want that? Stop asking for that. Don't pray for that. Sometimes we pray too low. And so now the prayer and the prayer both need to be changed. Let me say that again. If the prayer's wrong, we need to change the prayer. It's not that God can't answer it, it's that God won't answer it, and God won't answer it because He knows the end from the beginning. One of the greatest encouragements to me in my prayer life is knowing this one truth. That God will always answer my prayers the exact same way I would answer my own prayers if I knew what He knew. The problem is, I don't know what God knows. Shocking. God is all-knowing. He knows the end from the beginning. And He knows that what I'm asking for would not be good in the end. I don't know that. That's why I keep asking for it. Paul does not ask to be released from prison. How is that even possible? I believe it's because Paul knew that God was opening more doors for him behind bars at this time in his ministry, right where he was. And. <laughs> You know, maybe you're here today and there's this situation in your life and you're like, man, I could just do so much more if I wasn't stuck in this place. Don't you realize? Don't you get it? God has you in that place for a reason, for a season. And here you're praying, God, get me out of here. Get me out of this job. Get me out of this place. Get me out of this situation. The prayer's wrong. It's as one quipped. When the prayer's wrong, God says no. When I'm wrong, God says grow. When the timing is wrong, God says, slow. But when the timing is right, I'm right, and the request is right, God says, go. There's a couple more things here that I want to point out that are not so easily seen at first read. And the first one is, notice, Paul asks For prayer. I know that sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious, but this is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. I mean, come on, right? Paul, I'm asking Paul to pray for me. Paul's asking me to pray for him? Oh yeah. I want to say this lovingly, but I think that oftentimes Prayers don't get answered because we don't humble ourselves and ask for prayer. Let me say that again. It takes humility, doesn't it? To say to that brother, to that sister, Hey, I need prayer, man. Will you pray for me? You know, it's sad because... Our fear is is that if we ask for prayer, we're going to be seen as being weak, faithless. And we dare not be specific. That's the second thing. Paul doesn't just ask for prayer. He asks very specifically. I think sometimes our prayers are too generic. Can I say it that way? I just did. (laughs) There's specificity. And I think for a good reason. I mean, if you just pray, God, just, you know, bring world peace. Well, that prayer is going to be answered after the millennium, the kingdom age, (laughs) but not until. Oh, Lord, bless everyone. Well, it's not measurable. There has to be specificity in our prayers i think oftentimes our prayers remain unanswered because they're not specific prayers paul not only asks for prayer he asks very specifically for something that you would not think paul would need prayer for if if you view him the way i view him <laughs> i mean i see the apostle paul as fearless unflinching fearlessness. I, I, I imagine him as being intimidating. I mean, when he walked into a room, oh, this is the Apostle Paul. But you know what he asked for prayer for? Boldness. Are you kidding me? This is Paul we're talking. He's, he's asking for boldness. He's asking for prayer to be able to clearly and boldly present and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's also praying that God will open up doors for him. Paul, you're behind bars. What are you talking about? Oh, God doesn't need me to be out from this prison to open up doors. God can open up any door he wants. And when God opens a door, no man shuts it. In other words, God's going to open doors. There are other reasons, and if you don't mind, I just want to quickly go through them. Not exhaustive, but another reason for unanswered prayer is unbelief. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17, I'll read verses 19 through 21, we're told that the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Speaking of this demon being cast out of this boy. So Jesus said to them, the reason why you could not cast out this demon is because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this is very carefully to verse 21. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I have to say that there have been times in my life where the circumstances that I was in and the situation that I was faced with was such that I knew that it would require prayer and fasting. Unbelief's an interesting word. And I think that the word faith teaching, which is a false teaching, has done the body of Christ a great disservice by suggesting that if you just have enough faith, you can have that Mercedes Benz. We've thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater in the sense that we've gone to the opposite extreme. Jesus is saying, listen, your faith can be microscopic in size of a mustard seed. That's all that's all that's needed. And by the way, writing to Timothy, he says, even when we're faithless, he's faithful. I think of the man that said to Jesus, I believe but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Here's another one, and this is specific to husbands. It's in 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. Another translation renders it, dwell with them in understanding. Be understanding. Be considerate and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, not inferior, weaker physically, emotionally, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Why? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Guys, can we talk? You know what this is saying? That the way we treat our wives can actually become a hindrance to our prayer life. You can almost imagine, I, again, I'll speak for myself. How many times when I've prayed and asked God and only to have Him say to me, What are, what are you doing? Oh, I'm praying, God. Oh, God, oh. Why are you here? Because I'm praying, God. I'm, I'm praying. go make it right with your wife and then come back and we'll talk. What? I'm not gonna hear your prayer. You're out of fellowship with your wife. You go make that right first. I think about in Matthew 5. Jesus is teaching and he says, hey, if, if you're at the altar giving your gifts, worshiping, and you've got an issue with a brother or sister in Christ, don't even bother. Leave the gift here, get out of here, go make it right as quickly as you can, settle matters quickly, and then come back. I think he says that to a lot of husbands today. Here's another one. Willful disobedience. Now I have to qualify it that way. Because if I were to say sin, I mean my goodness, we're doomed. We're all doomed, right? Because we all sin. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about willful sin. Willfully disobeying God listen to Proverbs 28 verse 9 if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction even their prayers are detestable can you imagine that this requires deliberate disobedience I mean we we deliberately just yeah 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 here the Holy Spirit is convicting us not condemning Convicting the condemnation, the infrastructure of guilt and condemnation that the enemy builds around our lives. Especially when it comes to sexual sin, which is what chapter 5 of Proverbs is all about. But when that still small, refining voice of the Holy Spirit is... Convicting you, and, and you know exactly <laughs> what he's putting his finger on. And we blow him off. Turn a deaf ear. Don't bother praying. In fact, any prayer that you pray, can you imagine? I mean, God, it, it's the test of, I, I can't, just. I cannot. I cannot. It's not that he won't, it's that he can't. It's inconsistent with who God is, the holiness of his character. Here's the last one and we'll close. Selfish motives. This is pretty clear. James, true to form, in your face, I mean, I guess you can't blame him. This was the half-brother of Jesus. Born to Joseph and Mary. Can you imagine growing up in a house, in a home with God as your brother? (laughs) His room is always clean, perfect. I mean, just always obedient. Why can't you be more like your brother? When you, when you read James, he's just up, up in your grill, man. It's just like, I mean, he's just in your face. And when you, when you're done reading James, you're so bust up. In a good way. Listen to what he says. Verse 3. When you ask, you do not receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You know what he else goes on to say? He, He says, you're friends with the world? You adulterers! To be friends with the world is to be at enmity with God. What are you thinking? here, Here you're praying and you're asking God and you're wondering and you're even starting to get upset with God. Mad at God. Blaming God. God, why don't you hear? Because. You got the wrong heart, the wrong motive. The good news is this. When God's people pray, God hears and God moves. When God's people pray.
0: Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor J.D. at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast east prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at com. That's office at com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.
1: La, la, la.